This week on Ultra 64, it's a white knuckle race between us and falling asleep, because these are really boring. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the vroom vroomiest, corner turningest, Tokyo driftingest podcast in the world. My name is Steve Gunlock. I am 10 and 2 o'clock. Woody Siskowski. <laughs> I like that. R- road safety traffic head. Go ahead. Woody Siskowski. That should, that should be the next Fast and Furious movie. Fast and Furious road safety course. Yeah, 10 no, and 2, that. Vin. 10 and 2. <laughs> I don't Family. I don't remember the name of his character. Oh, uh, Do- Dominic Toretto. Uh, He's Dominic thank you. Toretto. Ten thank and two, you. Dom. Yes. Ten and two. <laughs> we are talking about racing games this week, uh, and this is kind of a format breaking episode for us a little bit because we're we're lumping some games together, and they're all games that are ubiquitous. They're all over the system. And there's just not a whole hell of a lot to say about. So we're gonna have more of these racing group games. We, uh, we've got later a, dates. Yeah, we've got a couple of them. This is we'll call this generic racing game round one. <laughs> round one. Maybe we'll do it tournament style and we'll pit them all against each other at the end. But Ooh. I have a hard time imagining I'm gonna remember these games. I mean, every every game we play is tournament style. Oh sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's in essentially a we have a ladder going on and yeah, they work yeah. their way up the ladder, and only one will stand triumphant. And all other games for the Nintendo sixty four will be burned in a sacrificial pyre. Is that's, that what we're doing with my games uh-huh, after we're done? With the, I thought that was the whole point. Oh, we didn't talk about this. I thought we were going to play baseball with them. Oh, I mean, I kind of thought I would just hold on to them, mm, let them appreciate. I, and got, buy. I no, got bad news for you, no, buddy. No, we're doing the pyre. Ah, shit. Okay. Well, I'm throwing myself on it too. So all right, that's fair. That's, it's only fair. So this week we are playing three racing games. We selected uh, them completely at random. So we're going to be playing MRC Multi Racing Championship, Mega Raccoon Carnage, My Reluctant Caterpillar. <laughs> yep, I I still couldn't think of more, and I tried it. My I'm still going to stick with Mr. C, which yeah. is Mr. T's cheaper brother. That one's pretty good. The I'll, C I'll... stands for cheap. Yeah, no, I got it, Mr. Cheap. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's MRC, and then uh, Penny Racers, which is the third one we selected. Uh, no, which was the second one. You skipped one. Oh, did I skip one? Oh, I skipped one. Ridge Racer 64. That's the third one. Yeah. Okay, pen- oh, so MRC, Penny Racers, and Ridge Racer 64. So those are our three games for this round. Uh, and because there's generally not a whole lot to talk about with racing games, we've reached out to our listeners and to our friends and to our co-hosts, and they have offered up some suggestions for random-ass discussion topics. Though not as random as I would have liked. I would have liked some randomer. These all stuck to pretty I wanted, closely I wanted to, to talk video about games. Antarctic exploration in the Age of Discovery. Something. I've been <laughs> wanting rock. to watch that show, The Terror. I hear it's really good. Oh, yeah. Good, well, that's Arctic, isn't that's it? Ar- no, that's Antarctic, oh, isn't it? I, I might be wrong about oh, that. No, no. I, I just, I'm a big it. fan of Robert Falcon Scott. So. Yeah. Fans of the the terror, please write in okay. uh, Ridley Scott heads. Well, maybe that uh, will... Ridley Scott related to Robert Falcon Scott. Well, no, he produced the show. Oh, I don't know, okay. but yeah. Either way, um, look, so, I, got, I managed to fit it in. There you go, that worked. Uh, so yeah, so we we've gotten some random discussion questions that we are going to uh, discuss in between games this time. Okay, we'll see how it goes. If you hate the format, write in and put like a write a little Mr. Yuck sticker in blood, yep, um, and we'll, we'll know how blood. you felt. 
That sounds like the most hardcore death metal band ever. <laughs> but you Yuck could, sticker in Also, blood. if you like the format, you can write in with your own discussion questions, and we'll bank them, and we'll uh, we'll hold on to them for later and uh, make them weird, people. Or a smiley a smiley face in blood. That's a smiley face in blood, yeah. The blood has to be there every time because, I mean, it's it's independent of the happiness or sadness of the character. They just have a nosebleed. I just always throw away mail I get that doesn't have blood in it because what's the point? What is the point? They, they clearly didn't put in the effort. My favorite movie of all time is Bleeder which was a uh, VHS that came with like a little blood pouch on it you know so it's like mutants on the cover and then the blood like squishes around on the front so is, that's the only movie I'll watch is it actually a great movie? Blood. no I've never seen it oh okay I just, used to, I just used to be obsessed with that video when I was younger because I mean, why wouldn't I be? It's like a VHS covered in blood. Like it's, it's probably they're probably overcompensating because it's mm. the most boring movie ever. But uh, speaking it was a of great case. the most boring thing ever, yeah, uh, racing games. Yeah, they kind of. All right, so all right, I, I may have miscategorized these a little bit on the last episode because I, I do want to give them a fair shake. I'm not just going to go in assuming these are all boring or disposable. Uh, it's just that there are so so many of these kinds of games and they there isn't so much to distinguish them from each other at first glance so there's kind of everything like it's on a spectrum right a uh, racing game spectrum of like arcadiness to simulationness. yeah yeah um I, most racing games fall into those two categories and different variations thereof um these games are well i guess penny racers i don't know none of these games are just... full either direction not really um and MRC and Ridge Racer are more simulation-y. I think um, so, yeah. Penny Racer is definitely more arcade-y. Um, but I've always, I always think that the simulation and the realistic... The games that attempt to be more realistic are just really boring. I have never gotten into them. Even high-quality ones like Gran Turismo or mm. Forza Motorsport, I just find them boring and frustrating. Yeah. And I'm always bouncing from one corner to the next. And even when I start feeling like I'm sort of racing well, just I'm always tired of playing it before the race is over. I was uh, that was that was kind of what I was gonna ask you too. Like what what do you look for in a racing game? Like what does it take for a racing game to pull you in? Um I want I like weapons. Mm-hmm. I like speed. Yep. Um Yeah, and I like uh accessibility or some kind of some kind of craziness. So I'm a big fan of Burnout. I love the burnout, burnout games are oh great. My God, they're so fun. Um, Mario Kart is always always a delight. Sure. Um, I mean, this is arcadey as it gets. Yeah. Um, the F Zero, I like. I like. I don't crazy. Not crazy about the original F Zero for no. Super Nintendo. Hasn't held up that no, long. No, but um, later, you know, F Zero X and GX are pretty good. Yeah. Um, and. I also have a fondness for those sort of isometric racing games that were for the NES and the Super Nintendo, like uh, RC Pro-Am. Yeah. And have you ever played Rock and Roll Racing? I have. That, that one's great. Awesome. That one's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I'm right along the same page as you. I need some wackiness. Like, I can play a kart racer all day and all night. Uh-huh. Like, if I have weapons, if there's some kind of way to level the playing field, some kind of way. I feel like those games are actually more strategic and more interesting like, yeah and not just like from a wacky veneer you know i feel like i need a little something the, the more s- the simulation games definitely you know they reward precision and they reward you getting into a zone and really learning the mechanics yeah but they're just they're just not that fun or at the very least give me shortcuts give me things to explore and discover in the track you know i that's that's a good way to keep me into it you know it's like oh okay I, i'm not just going around the same loop over and over well, let's get into going around the same loop over and over because uh, we've got a couple loops to go through. We're going to start chronologically with MRC. It stands for Multi Racing Championship or Monkey Rat Cockfight. 
Ooh, that uh, was a good one. Which I think is... So... I would play that game. Wait. I, I'm... I, I, we don't need to get into this too much. Okay. But is that a fight between a monkey, a rat, and, like, a rooster? Mm-mm. Or is it a fight where a monkey and a rat fight with their penises? No, no, no. It's, it's a, it's a cockfight. It's a traditional... You know, that's... We'll, we're calling it a cockfight as the format, in that it's going to okay. be a ring, and we're sitting around hollering at it. Yep. And then we're pitting monkey-rat hybrids against each other. Great. A couple of regular bio freaks. I knew that listeners were going to write in and wonder what the fuck you were talking about, so I'm glad we I'm happy to it clear now. the air. Yeah. No, I'm happy to get that out of the way. MRC was released August 31st, 1997. Rel- relatively early game for the system. Uh, published by Ocean and developed by Genki. And it, it was a Nintendo 64 exclusive. Lucky <laughs> us. Yeah, it was a real system seller. Ocean... My friends were all like, hey, hey, did you hear about this new game that came out for Nintendo 64? I'm throwing <laughs> my PlayStation in the garbage for Can MRC. I'm throwing it in the garbage and then I'm peeing on it. And yeah. then I'm lighting a pyre in there of my Nintendo 64 games. Yep. Which we're doing later. Yep. Uh, so Ocean and Genki were the same team that made Fighters Destiny way back in our second episode. Yeah. yeah long ass time ago. Good to see you guys again. Um... So for the life of me, I cannot figure out what the title is referring to. Multi-racing like, championship. I mean, I can figure out racing, yeah. and I can figure out championship. Yeah, what's the M? What is so multi about it? Now, my best guess... Well, there are multiple cars racing at the same time. It's not... But that's every racing game, unless it's just like a really <laughs> shitty racing game. That's every one of them. Uh, near as I can tell, it might be referring to the fact that you can choose between two different types of, types of cars. Like, you can have... An on-road, oh, like, sports car, okay. and then kind of like a modified off-road truck. Yeah, that's that's a great theory. That could be it, okay. maybe, but I'm swinging in the dark here, because... Uh, so there's not this is not based on a real thing, as far as we can tell. There's no actual, like, multi-racing challenge league. I don't that, think so. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, really, it doesn't super matter which type of car you choose. Like, if you choose a truck, you can modify it so much that you can turn it into an on-road car, and it'll do better on pavement. Right? Yeah, but I think that it has a default. The trucks seem to have a default lower. The cars have a higher top speed. I imagine that the trucks have a default, like, they do better on off-road or they have better handling or something like that. And it it comes into play a little bit because when you're racing, uh, it... The tracks will generally split off. Mm-hmm. You'll have hit an intersection, and you can stay on the pavement, or you can go onto dirt. Mm-hmm. And depending or on the type, snow, or if snow, you're the yeah, yeah. Depending on the type of vehicle you have, you can get an edge one way or the other, or you can really screw yourself, which is more likely what I'm going to do because I'm like, ooh, let's go this way. But it's it's different, and uh, to the game's credit, the terrain feels different. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, you struggle more driving on dirt than you do on the roads. Um, this is what I was referring to earlier as kind of a pizza parlor game. Like what I think of like just some shitty game that you kind of jam in the corner of the arcade in a pizza parlor. You know, I, I feel like I, I went to this really depressing one in like northeastern Utah when we were like moving out here. Mm-hmm. And it was just like an empty pizza parlor, really mediocre like pizza. And there was a game similar to this, like with a flickering screen in the corner. You know, you sit in the little plastic seat yeah. and you pump your quarters in. Well, because this game has the very dated mechanic that I was talking about of having checkpoints, where yeah. you have like a timer that goes down. If you don't make it to the next checkpoint in time, you lose the race. Yeah. Which is very odd, because in theory, if you're going slow enough to not make it, you're going to lose the race anyway. So yeah. why are they punishing you for this? And you brought up that, you know, this is a staple, a carryover from arcade racing games, where they didn't want you just 
you know, futzing around in circles and yeah. keeping the next person from putting money in the machine. It, this is the system I've always hated, and I think a lot of the games we're going to be talking about, a lot of the mediocre racing, one-off racing games we're talking about, are going to have this mechanic uh, because they're ported over from the arcades. And they're always frustrating me because it is a blatant attempt just to get more money out of you, and it's also it kind of makes it impossible to win one way or the other. MRC, you start off in sixth place, and you're pretty much going to stay there the entire time. I think we pulled up to... I think you, you, I think it starts at 10, and then or we 10, managed yeah. to pull up into 6. That. Yeah, 6 or <laughs> 7, but after a certain point, like if you hit a wall or, or miss like a drift early on, then you're never going to catch up. There's no hope for you. You might as well give up. <laughs> uh, so that's a really frustrating mechanic for me, and it's one of the things that's kind of kept me from being able to enjoy games like this, really. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, the kart racing games always have that natural sort of catch-up mechanic. I mean, Mario Kart is really, has pretty insane, like, amount of computer assistance yeah. for, like, the person first is going to go slower. And, like, you're if you're in last, you're going to get these better weapons. Yeah. So it always makes it close and exciting. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't make it, like, you don't want to take it too seriously from, like, a competitive standpoint, but it makes the races more fun. And this game totally. doesn't do that, like... You're not going to catch up to the cars in front. No, no. Um, I mean, visually, it looks all right. I mean, the, the car models look good, but the fog, th- the tracks are kind of a mess. Really bad. In Fogs this game. are real bad. You know, we talked in the past about the N64 fog, which is what they would layer in if they couldn't handle the draw distance or they couldn't handle any backgrounds, and we get a lot of that here. And it's. I would say that racing games with the fog are the worst offenders of that and they suffer the most for it because you need to know what's coming ahead and so when you can only sort of see one turn ahead it's frustrating we struggled with that recently with uh, uh, episode one racer Mm -hmm. like where with multiplayer in particular there's a real bad draw distance and we were crashing into walls a lot and yeah that's a problem here as well Um, it's got a got a two player mode um, yeah but I don't know there's not I don't think there's anything oh this game also, it has a decent amount of customization to your car. Yeah. One thing that's neat, the mechanic that I did really like, is you can adjust various facets of your car, um, which makes it worse on other things. So if you were to like bring your off-road ability higher, it's going to make your on-road steering worse. Right. Or if you, um, you know, you want to, your brakes to sort of, you can just customize things so your brakes are sharper or your drift sharper, but then it... And so it's just a person at, like a personal style of how yeah, you want to yeah. drive. No, and that's cool, and that that system works well. You were remarking that like it feels different when you're when you modify it. You know, it's not just kind of a cosmetic thing. Oh, the other thing I I wanted to bring up too is um, I find it frustrating in these kind of games where um, you have to strategically slow down. I just uh-huh. want to jam on the accelerator the whole time and be able to keep the speed and hit every turn. Whereas yeah. these sort of games. They require you to break and sort of drift around, which is not as exciting to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like overall this game is... I can't even really be bothered to form an opinion about it. Like, it's so mediocre. There's just nothing. It's it's just the room temperature game that we've played. It's, it's the competent. Space Invaders of racing games. Yeah, it's competent. If you like this type of game, I'm sure you'll find plenty to appreciate of it, but I just I can't be bothered to think but about if it you, anymore. If you like, yeah, if you like this type of game, there's also better options on yeah. the system, as we'll get to. So that's Michael's Radical Cars. That's... What that stands for. Midtown Racing Confederacy. (laughs) Let's move on to our first 
question, our first random ass discussion okay. question All right. from the audience. So, uh, unrelated this to one, multiple racing challenge. This one came from my wife. Dear Steve and Woody, what do you guys think about multiple racing challenge? God damn it! <laughs> oh, that's not. That's the last thing I wanted to talk about. <gasps> Uh, this one comes from Nicole, actually. She asked... You what... and Nicole are married? We are now. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We've yeah. been doing this podcast. We're aiming for a divorce by next year. All right. Um, by the time we do a Golden Eye episode, we're going to divorce. So uh, stop asking us to do that one unless you want to curse our marriage. <laughs> anyway, Nicole asked, what are the worst of the worst video game movies? Uh, so there's... Most video games fall into the realm of... Video game movies fall into the realm of bad bad or enjoyably bad yeah there's there there has not been i don't think that a good video game movie exists if no if and like Ra- it was rampage rampage is the closest it's got that movie is not good no and i it's, still maintain that it is the best but uh yeah it's yeah. not a it's not a good movie really so uh but we're talking about the worst the worst the most offensive the most unwatchable the most whatever so not even entertaining not even entertaining oh man so i i've got a top three do you have a top three? i th- feel okay. like you're ahead of me on this i was thinking about there's i was surprised by how few video game movies there are um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's less than 50 live action ones. As far which, as theatrically released ones, yeah, yeah. And, um, there are a lot of uh, direct to video. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a Tekken movie. Did you know there was a Tekken movie? I did know that. I never um, saw it. Yeah. No, I never saw it either. But that's what I realized is I haven't seen hardly any of these. I realized I saw a lot of them that came out in the early 90s that yeah. were sort of the first thing. I've seen Mario Brothers, I've seen Street Fighter, I've seen Double Dragon, sure. I've seen Mortal Kombat, the two Mortal Kombat movies. Mm-hmm. And I think all of those are pretty fun like they were all um, struck from my list just by dint of the campiness and yeah. the inherent badness of movies of that era like they're real bad like uh don't get me wrong they're real real like ineptly made movies but uh i can't totally condemn them because they are like kind of watchable yeah so and i don't think i've seen any other ones okay. until rampage so i've I, have, I actually have the disfortune of having seen most of these Holy because cow. a couple years ago I wrote like a – I had a blog and I wrote a blog post where I watched all of them and ranked them all. And I don't think my rankings would be the same as they are today. Sure. You're also more of a fan of horror movies than I am. Yeah. And so like I would not be drawn to watch like the Resident Evil movies for example. They're real or, bad. Yeah, they're well, real sure. Bad. Um, but I – OK. So I'll, I'll, I'll break it down all my right. top three like – Three so, to one. So is this your top three or your bottom? Like my bottom would, three. So, so I'm saying are you the saying three, no one should ever watch. These, these are movies? the three you should not watch. For okay. me, the ones that are absolute. So worst. they're not even fun. Ironically, not even fun. Okay. Ironically. Uh, so number three for me is Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay. Uh, I feel like it is unbelievably ugly. It looks like it was shot in someone's backyard, like with shitty green screen and Halloween costumes. Okay. Uh, only two cast members returned. And these were not world-class thespians to begin yeah. with, but most of the cast of this, including Christopher Lambert, right. would not stoop themselves to this. Uh, it's really shitty. It's okay. just unbelievably shitty. It might be the worst movie to ever hit number one at the box office, Ooh. with the exception of maybe Meet the Spartans, which okay. I haven't seen, and it will never will. Uh, it offends me that that exists. Um, all right, so my number two. Okay. Street Fighter Legend of Chun-Li. Okay. Uh, because the bar was so goddamn low. For the original Street That original Fighter. Street Fighter movie with yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme is 
horrible. It is unwatchable. It's, it's goofy. It's goofy. Like, it's literally, it's there are dumb. scenes where you can see the set rattling. Like, when people bump <laughs> into it. I think somebody puts their foot through plywood console at one point. Like, it's ridiculously bad. But it also has Raul Julia in his final film performance. M. Bison. Really is, uh, giving his all, you yeah. know. Uh, and <laughs> so, but Street uh, Legend of Chun-Li was more inept than that. It had a bigger budget, it had better actors, and it was more inept than that. And it features what I consider the single worst performance by a male actor in human history, and that is Chris Klein playing Nash. Like, I won't say watch the movie, but I will say watch a supercut of his acting on YouTube and tell me I'm wrong. Okay. (laughs) Because it's ridiculous. That sounds cool. Do you want to toss any out before I do my number one? Uh... No, like I said, I've I okay. I have I have only you're, enjoyed video game movies that I've seen. Them. I've uh yeah, I just never I can't think of any video game movie that I was offended by its general shittiness. And I okay. I mean I've never seen any of the UA Bowl movies or um Yeah, I just feel like there's some weird middle ground of it, most of these movies from the 90s. I yeah, I mean, Mortal Kombat Annihilation wasn't that great. No. But as a Mortal Kombat fanboy, I thought it was cool. <laughs> Fair um, enough. But yeah, so go for it. You're definitely the expert here. Okay. Yeah. Number one, the one you absolutely have to avoid, the absolute one of the absolute worst pieces of garbage I've ever seen in my life, is Postal. Oh, yeah. That's a new yeah, Bowl movie. Yeah. It's his attempt at a comedy, and he adapted uh, a really just a fucking horrible PC game. Yeah. Uh, that's whole. The whole point of it was to be as offensive and violent and crude as possible. You're just a guy who sort of goes crazy and goes on a rampage. Exactly. It's Grand Theft Auto without the subtlety or like the fun gameplay or the overarching <laughs> themes of crime or morality. Or, yeah, exactly. Any it's, sort of character. It's or, mortal. It's, it's Grand Theft Auto without a soul, basically. Yeah. Uh, and this absolutely lives down to its source material. I think it tries to outdo it by being as offensive and gross as possible. Uh, there's a scene where Vern Troyer, uh, the recently deceased actor who played Mini-Me, is raped to death by a room full of monkeys. Wow. There's jokes about like having sex with fat women. There's jokes about 9-11. There's Uwe Boll appears on screen as himself, joking that he funded this movie with Nazi gold. Uh, which, like to me, is like, He's taking away my right to hate the movie. Like, he's trying to come in and say, ha-ha, I know this is terrible. I'm just like, no. Uwe Boll is an interesting person. Just um, So, for those who might not know, he funded... He's a German director. He funded a bunch of these really shitty video game movie adaptations, yeah. all of which were awful. And he had a bunch of strange publicity stunts where he was getting savaged by critics and he challenged them yeah. to, like come box with him yeah um and some of them took him up and i think he kicked their ass um, yeah he was a boxer so yeah, yeah he's he was yeah um, he he sued, right as there. we talked about in the rampage one he sued the <laughs> rampage producers because it had the same name as one of his really crappy movies and yep. so yeah he's just sort of a talentless person who was able to court controversy and keep his name in the news even though i don't think any of his movies were very successful no none of them but they were also all extremely cheap so the the bar was low for that yeah i also learned i don't think he's making movies anymore but he owns a very fancy restaurant in vancouver bc um which i believe has a michelin star and that's which is a huge deal within so. 50 miles of where we're sitting yeah, right now so, so we I, might take a road trip we mean but i think we might have to okay. because i'm i'm really okay. curious and i want to eat some spatzel um all right, so thank you for that question, Nicole. I have, I have are, a quick follow-up. Yes. Um, just, is there any mo- video game movie that you would recommend, like as a movie, even if you weren't necessarily excited about the source material? 
Rampage is the closest. Okay. Um, if you like big monster movies, if you like you big might monster movies, yeah. you like that. I will say, uh, I would recommend watching Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within as an interesting piece of cinema history, because for like about a week there, people were really worried about that movie. They were talking about how like this is the future, like we're going to replace oh, all live action actors act- okay. with these uncannily uh, perfect looking CGI replications that have now aged very poorly. Okay. Uh, and it's a real boring movie. It's not very good, but it's interesting as a time capsule and it's interesting as a piece of history. It was it was slated to be this big hit, like it's opening day. I think it still has one of the highest opening day box office records. And then it came in, it finished the weekend at like number five or something. Because everybody who was going to see that movie <laughs> saw, it, saw right. it the first day and then left. It's just weird that there's never, because there's been a few video game or movies to video games that have crossed over into yeah. like a great video game in their own right. It's weird that there's never been one video game movie that has been good enough to watch on its own. Yeah. With that. It's never, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen the new Tomb Raider. I hear that's passable, but uh, sure. I, seen I mean, it. at best, these movies are like decent examples of their genre. So, yeah. like, if you're into like that adventure, treasure seeking thing, you might enjoy Tomb Raider. Sure. Or like, if you're into the kung fu movie, you might enjoy Mortal Kombat. But they've never gotten to a point where like this is just a good movie that if you like movies, you will like. There, there is one more I will recommend. Okay. Uh, again, qualified recommendation, but uh, DOA, Dead or Alive. Oh, yeah, I was curious. Uh, I wanted to ask about that. That movie seemed great. It's campy as shit. It knows exactly what it is, which is just Mortal Kombat with more boobs. Uh, it's and got Mortal a, Kombat has, like, a lot of boobs. Yeah. So, like... I mean, the the cast's all very attractive people who are all very game for this ridiculousness. They end up fighting Eric Roberts wearing VR sunglasses that can make people that can mind control people. It's it knows exactly what it is. It's real bad. It's real dumb, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, just I watched that one a few times. Ooh. Yeah, that one's that one's worth watching more than once if you're into that. And just because we're on this topic, and I can't resist the opportunity to bring it up, and also we have to put off talking about penny racers. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I want to. I just want to recommend again the Super Mario Brothers movie for uh. people who enjoy very strange sci-fi movies. With lots of buckles and strange spiky hair. And weird hydraulic And, and weird feet. hydraulics and funguses. And it's, 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 got, it's, it's probably the weirdest video game. That'll give, it's, you. That'll give you. It definitely takes the most liberties with the source material. Okay. And being as that's the biggest video game movie that's all been made. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of cool. Say. Um, all right. Let's talk about shitty, shitty Penny oh, Racers. Oh, God. Penny Racers. Okay. Penny Racers was released February 10th, 1999. It was published by THQ and developed by Locomotive Games. And once again, we are a Nintendo 64 exclusive, us lucky ducks. Uh, All right, so let's talk about Penny Racers a little bit. So, okay, Locomotive Games, I'll say, they were a subsidiary of THQ. They were formerly known as Pacific Coast Light and Power, which is a terrible name for a video game company. Pacific Coast I feel like so many that's confused old can... people are going to send checks for their water, Maybe that was like, their business bills. plan. Maybe that's how they funded Penny Racers. <laughs> I'm sure they were. Uh, so they specialize in racing games mostly. Uh, in addition to Penny Racers, they also released Road Rash 64 and Nuclear Strike, which is not a... Uh, racing game it's a helicopter uh simulation oh game. yeah okay uh, pretty i was thinking one. that seemed like a limited limited gameplay mechanic you just one button game's over yeah it's yeah like, hey, you strike. Boop. <laughs> i win no you lose steve we all lose in no you win because you, you press the button you have to press it faster than the other yeah, yeah yeah ah. um yeah so they've been defunct since 2008 who could give a shit yeah uh steve i'm sure very nice people work there i'm sure and... they're all monsters 
Because <laughs> <laughs> they made this game. So why is this game called Penny Racers? That All title right. doesn't make sense to me either. All right, so this game, it's part of a series called Choro Q. It's called Choro Q everywhere like Choros. else. And uh, it's based on a series of customizable toy cars that okay. came out in Japan in the 80s. This makes much more sense now. And this game series has actually been around a while. The first one came out in 1984 for the MSX, uh, which is also known as the home of the uh, original Metal Gear Solid. Yep. Uh, and it no, was the original Metal Gear. Metal Gear. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't get solid till PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> it. Uh, uh, I'm not going to go into that because I feel like that's a whole tangent I'm going to go on. But okay. that game title is ridiculous. Um, all right, so this debuted in 1984, and it was a puzzle game, huh. uh, and it didn't officially become a racing game series until this game. Uh, it was called Choro Q64 over in Japan. They called it Penny Racers here. I don't really know why, uh, but I guess it was just easier to pronounce than Choro I, Q. I, I, I always thought that, like, I don't know, somehow I associated this, before I had played it, with being some kind of, like, slot car thing or, like, mm. a Hot Wheels type of thing. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Penny Racer sounds like the name of some kind of toy. Like, like maybe they are miniature? But, like, I, maybe well, they are clearly are miniature. Like, like, they, yeah, they do come game. across very small on the track, but, yeah, maybe that's the point. They're, like, they're penny size or something. I think, yeah, I think that it comes off as, like, you're supposed to be, it's a remote control car. Yeah. Um, just based on the size of, like, the track versus the car, and they all have these cutesy toy looks about them. But so maybe that's really the explored, title. Yeah. I, I, I can't even imagine. But there have been more than a dozen games released in the Choro Q series. Eventually, some of the American ones, like on PlayStation 2, were called Choro Q. I've seen them on shelves before. Are they racing games also? They're all racing okay. games also. Uh, there was more than a dozen of them. And the last one released was Penny Racers Party Turbo Q Speedway. Oh, man. Fuck that title. Uh, and that was dumped onto the Wii in 2008, and uh, it's been dead ever since. Wii like, is a quality... You know what would be really hard? To do this podcast, but with Wii games. We man. would have to play so much shit. Oh, like, like so much shovelware? Yeah. Like, that they just... Because they, they... You notice, like, they got rid of the seal of quality, the little sticker that oh. they put in the bottom? They got rid of that on the Wii. I didn't know that. And uh, I don't think it ever really meant much... But it really it, felt like uh, open it, season, boys. Come on in, like yeah, dump your shitty circus simulator games on here. Yeah, we want elf bowling. Everyone. Yes, we want way more elf bowling. All right, so the gimmick here uh, with this game is customization. I think. Yeah. Um, you have 114 different parts that you can choose from, and you can modify speed, durability. Uh, you can add a couple of little special attack moves. It that has are a useless. weird mechanic that, like, when you win first, second, third in a race, you pull apart from the losers of the race, which seems very cruel that's and unforgiving. Brutal. Yeah, that's really but... brutal. Like, imagine if you did that in Transformers, like, where you're killing your opponent. <laughs> you pull off their like, leg. You must die so I can live. Actually, that sounds like a gasket. dope game. Like, yeah, uh, cool. some sort of fighting game where you can, like, pull off parts from your opponent and, like... Like like bio freaks. You like should have done this bio freaks. You yeah. like pull off their leg and attach it yourself and get a new kick move. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I mean, Rocksteady, the people who made the Arkham Asylum games. I hope they are working on this right now. This very concept because their engine could handle that. That actually be really cool. Yeah, but yeah, you you strip apart your opponent's parts, and it's a real clunky system. It's yeah. hard to tell it's exactly. Very unclear what any part does. Um, I yeah. got a weapon that is a spin, and it mm. literally just made me spin, and it was not clear. How I was ever supposed to hit someone with that, and it no. kind of made me sick. Yeah, you don't aim it, oh. really, and it's like the whole screen spins with you when you do it, so yeah. it's hard to see what's going on. And, I mean, the thing, this this game controls 
really badly. Um, your car seems to sort of slide constantly, like you you're all whenever you turn just so wide. And yeah, you're, you're always, always ending up in the grass. You always feel like you're pulling to the left, mm-hmm. like all the time. And it has a very weird drift mechanic that we never quite figured out. You turn and press R, and your car will just super sharp turn and then do a barrel roll. Yeah, it's like a and, spasm more than anything else, yeah. and then. Like, I did that around a corner once, and then all of a sudden, I'm jetting over these bumps, like, just going so fast, faster than I thought this game was capable of, because everything moves real slow. I thought it was just because I chose the dump truck, because I always gravitate towards the weirdest cars, but no, you were playing a regular car, and you were going almost as slow as I was. Yeah, it feels, it feels, it feels like you're doing something wrong with how slow this game seems to move. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it feels broken as hell. Uh, and there's a track editor. I guess that's the other little Yeah, this thing. is an example of like, hey, this game has features. It's four-player. It has a track editor. So yeah. you can like, it's Excitebike. You can, sure. it's much less intuitive than yeah. Excitebike, but you can It was real clunky. I, real... I felt like the buttons kept changing what they did as I was trying to build a track. And then they didn't, it wasn't clear how to like save your track so you could play on it. Yeah. So I never figured out how to do is, that. The fact is, it just doesn't matter, because if your game is no fun to play, why do you want to create no a track fun. to race on? It's got kind of a cartoony aesthetic. It looks like little uh, cardboard boxes that have been folded together. Yeah, that's the other thing that's super weird about this game. It totally seems like some sort of arcade racer that's going to have items and missiles yeah. to shoot at each other, oil slicks to drop. It it's has none of that. screaming out for something like that, yeah. and it's just got nothing. It's just basically a standard racer. You get the, the shitty uh, spin power yeah i don't know maybe that stuff is in there more but again like it's not worth it to play to get to any of this because it's so unpleasant to play. no no this this is a just a hot wet turd of a game this is awful uh i i can't expend any more words on this do you have anything else no i played i had to play this game three times because i i I owned it at one point oh yeah i bought this from you yeah i'll try this oh yeah you bought this from me you're welcome steve (laughs) i'm like i'll try this game out before i sell it to steve i'm like you want it back (laughs) this game is awful um, and then I was at a friend's birthday party. He's like, let's try this game. And I had forgotten that I had played it. And then we started playing. And I'm like, oh, shit, this game again. Ugh. And then now I had to play it again. No more. No more. I Any races, you're done. I'm off it for life. Yeah. Uh, that's what you said last time. And now that's we're true. you know, you're back in rehab again. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's move on to our second question. Uh, this one comes from our friend Joe. Uh, Hi, Joe. He asked us. Joe, you have the same name as my dad. Oh, interesting. But I don't think. Or do you think he might be your dad? I don't. Okay, I'm going to ask him. If I he's think your he's dad. younger than me, so that would be very odd. He's my age, so oh, he's slightly okay. older than so you. So he if is. he had you when he was three, I think uh, I think he's I think there's a possibility. I'm going to ask okay. him. Uh, all right, so he asked, "What is a bad game with great music and a great game with bad music?" Okay, uh, I have a couple of. Do you have any? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm much more, more prepared for. All right, this let's one. bring it on. What do you got? Okay, um, so to stay on theme with our podcast, uh-huh. I'm going to go. I'm going to do a couple. Um, Great games with bad music. Okay. And so to be on theme with the podcast, I want to say Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for Nintendo 64. Wow. I know. It's a hot take, that right? That is a hot take. I love the music. Sure. Those. I agree that, like, the songs are fine and they fit. Okay. But when you go back and play them on this system after you've played them on PS1, the sound quality is really bad. Yeah. The fact that there's no lyrics is in many of the songs is also really bad. And the songs repeat so often. There's only about a one-minute loop of the music. Yeah. So for so many of the songs, it just sounds like sort of ugly, sort of thrash, I don't know, without being melodic by going into the chorus and verses of the song. Yeah. It's, so it's just, it's a huge step down from the PS1. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, and, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, the other, so should we go back and forth? Is sure, that, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go with my... Uh, Bad game with great music. Bad game with great music. Okay, I'm going to say bad game, great music. 
Uh, we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm going to bring it up again. Advent Rising. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was uh, you know, a super ambitious sci-fi right. action game, and the whole game was kind of flopped, and nobody really remembers it for anything. But Tommy Tallarico made this amazing, gorgeous orchestral score that really feels like it feels very epic and it also feels very alien and very strange and it's really cool music like skip the game entirely <laughs> and buy the soundtrack album for advent rising 100 percent. okay yeah good one All i right. have another great game with bad music and okay. that game i feel like this is objectively the right answer mm. marvel versus capcom 2 i had the same one uh, i had the same one it's so strange it's not that the Gonna music is for a ride. it's not that the music is intrinsically bad yeah so much as doesn't fit the game at all it's this weird loop of like this woman singing and then it's kind of this wet jazzy farting music in the background <laughs> yeah it's like you have these it's this fighting fighting game with marvel superheroes and they're like you know what we need some like nice loungy yeah. jazzy funk in the background and you're nice. gonna hear this song so much. But the, it plays during the fights, too. Like, not that song specifically, but that same sort of jazzy aesthetic. See, and it's easier to ignore yeah. in those because the, the characters are very loud and they are constantly yeah. talking and chattering. Uh, but when you're on the character selection screen, you can't escape it. And it's just over and over and over. And you have to select three characters each. So sometimes I would just, like, pick the three default characters that were closest to me just so I can get past that screen. It's such an, It was such an odd... Choice yeah. and piece of music. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. I, I, I don't get that. And they fixed it with later Marvel vs. Capcom. I mean, games, I really yeah. enjoy the the bright, colorful graphics, and it oh, kind of fits that aesthetic, but it's just... Honestly, probably so, my favorite 2D fighter Oh, it's ever. so fun. It's, it's so really good. Fun. But, yeah, no, that, that soundtrack is awful. I, I have a little bonus one that I'm saying the jury's kind of out on because okay. I can't definitively say if this is a good or a bad game. Okay. Uh, Donkey Kong 64. Oh, uh, the Donkey Kong rap at the beginning of that kills me. It is so clunky. Oh, and it's off, great. Poorly rhymed and just like I, it, it oh. makes me cringe. But I watch it every time because it's like a, it's a slow motion train wreck. Oh, it's great. And I so I can't say if I we feel can, like I have. Oh, I have so much of that thing memorized. I, I can't say which category that's going to fall into okay. because we need to replay it. I've got some conflicted feelings about that game. Yeah, but, uh, Donkey Kong 64 is a crazy game. We'll, we'll see where we land on it, but that's I had to throw that one yeah. out there to stay on theme. Um, yeah, do we want to... I feel like another thing of bad games with good music is probably... And I haven't played enough of these to know definitively, but I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog games are... That's going to be a recurring theme because they usually have sort of... Sonic has like nice, colorful, yeah. jumpy music, and I think that sort of maintains through the series. But the, I think the games themselves have really varied in quality. The, with with very few exceptions, uh, you could say most of the games on Sega Genesis are going to be that way because the Genesis mm. just did not have the pla- the the processing power. So they they had a lot of great games and a lot of very forgettable, tinny sounding music. So I don't know that, but I couldn't think of one to just land on but uh, uh, yeah i was thinking like a lot of times with video games it's rare this is a pretty rare thing to have one aspect of the game like the music or the graphics be either way above par or way below par with the rest of the game yeah i feel like usually if a developers are putting in effort to make a good game they're delivering on all fronts of the game yeah whereas yeah. if they're making a penny racers everybody's slacking off yeah Every, exa- exactly it's up. not like 
Yeah, it's just rare that one person is really going for it, yeah. and then the rest of the stuff isn't coming together. The, the music at Penny Racers sounds like they're trying to put you to sleep. I like, can't even real, remember one. It's a lo- uh, we, it's we super it quiet and ago. like boppy and real terrible. Anyway, uh, thank you for the question, Joe. That was a fun one. Uh, let's move on to our last game here. Okay. Uh, we are going to be talking Ridge Racer sixty four. Uh, do you want to do the honors? Okay. It's Ridge Racer! Thank you. Thank you. I knew yeah. one of us was yeah. going to pop if we didn't get that I out. I appreciate you giving me the chance. This was released on February 14th, 2000, so I hope you got this for your Valentine, everybody. <laughs> uh, it was published by Nintendo and developed by Nintendo Software Technology in association with Namco, and it is a Nintendo 64 exclusive. Three for three on this one. Though confused, I mean, that's a little confusing, I think, being as Ridge Racer is pretty closely associated with PlayStation. It is, but... But I can I can expand on that. Okay. This is this game is a kind of port, kind of remix of uh, the first two Ridge Racer games that came out on PlayStation. So it has some tracks from both of those two games, but it also has uh, a lot of tracks that are unique to the, the N sixty four. They have upgraded graphics. They have different cars. They have different music. So it's different enough that I think it can qualify as its own game mm-hmm. and not a port. They put some work into it. Let's get into the history of Ridge Racer a little bit, because uh, this is, uh, unlike the other two games, Ridge Racer was kind of a big deal for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially in Japan. So it was originally developed by Namco, and it was this big arcade hit. It was a launch game for the PlayStation in both Japan and the U.S., and uh, it's been completely overshadowed in the intervening years by Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. And really, a lot of the reason we're playing these games at all is because of Gran Turismo. That hit in late 1997, and it was... A massive hit. It's still the top-selling game on the PlayStation 1. Which is a big deal, people. And you are the Grand... top-selling game on the PlayStation oh, yeah. 1. You sold a lot of games. And Gran Turismo 2 is the third top-selling game okay. on the PlayStation 1. So yeah. they cleaned up on that system. So that's why we had this big boom in racing games. Like everybody trying to capitalize on this new market. Uh, but Ridge Racer was popular mostly for its fast arcade action and its uh, drift mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also has a mascot character that's worth talking about, Riki Nagasi, Riki Nagasi, who was uh, briefly very popular, and she still has a devoted fan base. Uh, she she's on the cover of this game. Uh, so they have sort of a James Bond silhouette, like yeah, thing yeah. of her walking around before it cuts to the Which actual I, racing. Yeah, I dug that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she started life as just like a polygonal model that would like stand in the middle of the track and like hold up the car and say go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually she kind of became the mascot character and developed a whole backstory. She In later Ridge Racer games, she would be a playable character. Like, you can be her driving a car. Oh, okay. And they even developed an extended family for her. So her <laughs> brother, Kinasagi, or Nagasi, I'm sorry, is the protagonist of Ace Combat 5. Whoa! So, you know, her little brother flies planes. Um, so there were some game journalists that were crediting this character with kind of giving Ridge Racer the edge over a lot of competitors because it just had that little bit of personality. It sure. had a character uh, and uh, it, she wasn't just like a car. So <laughs> that was that was something, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's Riki Nagasa. She's not really around anymore. Fans were freaking out because they replaced her in uh, some later Ridge Racer games and then they brought her back. But now the series isn't really around so much anymore that you would yeah. notice. It kind of—I feel like it was that death knell at that PlayStation Three conference where yeah. there was that infamous Ridge Racer. And oh, every, right. That's what that's from, right? Everyone's like, "It's—he's like, it's Ridge Racer," and he expected everyone to be super excited. They're all like, and, what? and it was just like, yeah, no one gives a shit about Ridge Racer. Like, we're glad it's a PS Three game. I don't know. Yeah, 
I, I did look it up because I was confused. We, we were talking about, like, I didn't know why this was called Ridge Racer. And it's because the original games were set in Ridge City. Oh! So it's a fictional city. Okay. So they're racing around Ridge City. So okay. they're Ridge Racers. And I mean, the first level, we there, there's mountains. There's mountainous yeah. terrain. There's ridges. Um, really, the other big thing to say about this game is that uh, Ridge Racer DS is a direct port of this. Oh. So... Yeah, so it, it had enough life to make it onto another system. And I mean, this game was pretty good. I, I enjoyed you, this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the most it, the, the most important thing that this game does is it looks pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. It has no fog at all. Yeah. Um, you can see mountains in the distance. You can see the turns as far ahead as you can see. There's so. It looks clean. The frame rate is clean. And that and was the, very surprising and like a, a nice welcome change because the car models look good too. Mm-hmm. And they. I wouldn't say they look like real cars necessarily. They have a slight cartoonish edge to them mm-hmm. uh, that just make them a little bit larger than life. But they're big, like they're they're like big front and center in the middle of the screen, mm-hmm. uh, which was a nice change from Penny Racers, where I feel like I kept losing sight of my own car. Uh, yeah, it, it it plays really smoothly. Um, the hit detection seemed a little loose, like mm-hmm. you would hit the side, and it didn't quite feel like you were hitting the side, but. I mean, that's well, Rub, is... Rubin is racing. Yeah. According to Robert Duvall, I believe, in that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Days of Thunder, people. Oh, okay. Um, I thought yes. the movie was called Robert Duvall, Colin <laughs> Rubin. I believe it's from The Apostle. Rubin 2, <laughs> starring Robert Duvall. <laughs> Rubin 2, Bad Grandpa 3, <laughs> Robert Duvall. Um, yeah, so, it, no, I, I was... I was totally satisfied this game it looks good in multiplayer like i think mm-hmm. it slows down a little bit yeah, we get some was, clipping there was a flame, frame weight drop with two two but people there were a ton of options like they they let you choose like the screen layout for your multiplayer which yeah, a lot of games don't do really you could do feature. wide you could do tall you could do letterboxed like if you wanted to run a little faster uh yeah and there was there was a lot of core i mean there were slots for a lot of courses that we didn't unlock i mean because yeah. yeah we're not very good at these games no but, not particularly and, nor do we have the interest to put in the effort to unlock them more no courses, i'm good but, but of these three this is the one i would go back oh, and play agreed 100 percent. yeah i mean it's it played played totally fine I, I enjoyed this while we were playing it and i feel like it solved the problem i had that mrc did where you start out in the back and i feel like we could get ahead. Yeah, we got like, second. We, advance. we got second in a couple of these, and if you so. play well, if you handle your corners, you can get ahead of your computerized opponents. So that's so a nice. Check touch. out check out my new book, everyone. It's called How to Get Ahead in Ridge Racer. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Well, uh, we'll we'll tackle one quick third question, okay. and then we'll rank these games and close it up shop for the day. This one's from Jessica Cartwright, one of our uh, uh, frequent co-hosts. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah, she's around sometimes. Uh, so she asked, what is a time where playing a video game has helped you in your real life? Uh, so I have, I have a couple of weird answers for this, but, um, I I have two. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So the first one I feel like is the most obvious one. Um, I definitely developed much, I feel like it's a much better understanding of the way sports work and enthusiasm Mm. for sports, especially football. Um, it's hard to have football explained to you and have it make sense. Yeah. But I spent many, many hours playing NFL 2K5 without even really much knowledge of football. Yeah. And I learned about formations and I learned players in the NFL. And I just feel like that is a useful thing to be able to talk to people about when you're hanging out with people who like football and have no way to escape and hang out with better people. Um, <laughs> that's a good That's a good call, actually. I, I might have to think about that. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I get stuck in that situation sometimes. Yeah, and this is it's your chance. It's a much easier way to. And I alienate anything. people when I say I hate football, even yeah, though I it, fucking hate football. No, yeah, well, I, yeah. I, hate, I hate people like that too. Yeah, like, <laughs> where you're trying to watch football and like, hey, you're watching sports, some hand egg, huh? Yeah, no, I hope that they I like wanna, sport good, and you're like, shut up, person. Yeah, I don't want to like, be that guy. Yeah. I want to let people enjoy their things, but it but, also just fills me with bile. Like, I, yeah, it makes I, me so angry. I'm guessing that you would enjoy it more if. You understood it better because it is a very unintuitive, oh, we'll, strange game. We'll, we'll get there. We'll be we'll finding out very shortly, unfortunately. Oh, um, but yeah. We'll, okay. Anyway, uh, your second one. Okay, um, the second one is. Um, so, as you can tell from listening to this podcast, I am a fellow with a quality vocabulary of diverse, a very diverse lexicon of verbiage. Indubitably, uh, yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of that is due to Diablo two. Um, um, so Diablo 2 um, had a feature where for the magical items they would sort of randomize prefixes and suffixes on these items depending on what it did so you might have like the garnet helm of mangling yeah, or like the um, you know like the skull crushing doublet of suffering sure and you know something of suffering like increases your max damage or Makes you immune to poison, or yeah. Um, so it was just. I definitely remember when I was very young of like writing out these sort of special items with just um, a lot of prefixes and suffixes to what they did to make them seem magical. I love that. Yeah, that made me think like this isn't even one of mine, but that made me kind of realize like Diablo two is what got me into like fantasy fiction mm. uh, because I, w- I was never really into like sword and sorcery kind yeah. of stuff until I started reading the manual. For Diablo 2. Not even playing the game. The yeah. manual was so well oh. written. It had so much backstory and lore. What a delightful game Diablo 2 is. Man, it's so good. I want to replay that. Yeah. Um, all right. So my, my answer is, is that mostly if I'm playing a game a lot, I want to interact with the world in the way I'm playing in the game. Like okay. recently I was playing God of War and now... Like, I just have an impulse to throw axes at crows. <laughs> Did you have an axe to throw? No, I don't. And it's a good thing for that crow. Because I can't, like, pull the axe back to me either like you can in that game. I, I believe, would just have to go fetch my axe. I believe that throwing axes do exist. Oh, and they you do. you can buy them. Okay. Yeah, you you yeah. looked into this. I looked like, into this when I bought my throwing knives. You yeah. yeah. Wait, do you own throwing knives? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you this story? I got drunk one night and bought throwing knives. And I are still don't them? know why. This, these, are, these are the throwing knives. Like, for some reason, still unknowns to me. Have you used them yet? <laughs> no. I'm afraid to use them. They're very sharp. <laughs> Don't throw them in my house. <laughs> no, but... Hey, look, there's your wedding photo. No! Uh, yeah, no, I, I got drunk one night and bought throwing knives, and I do not understand why. I can't, like, you can't retrace my steps. You can't even what you were thinking. Hey, they have no. spiders on them. Yeah, yeah, that's how you know they're deadly. Anyway, I got off track, but yeah. No, you didn't. That was totally on, on track about how the, the ninja games you play. It's possible I was playing knives. a game of throwing knives, and then I wanted to. Maybe that's what this, caused this it. This is my grappling hook. This but that's more ways my that, fantasy of having a grappling hook. That's more ways that alcohol affects my life yeah, in video games. All right. Um, for more practical applications, I do a lot of pub trivia, and I feel like a lot of my random ass knowledge has been gleaned from video games. Like for example, I was able to win a trivia once. Because a question popped up about the Borgias, which mm-hmm. I had never heard of until I started playing Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. And they play a big part in that. Yeah. So I only knew that from that game, and I, that helped win me that pub trivia. Other than that, I think just playing a lot of uh, NES games gave me very strong thumbs. So I'm good at manual labor and back rubs. As long as all the manual labor only involves your thumb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, lifting couches, you know, when I'm move, helping yeah. people move, I just okay. do it with my thumbs. 
Anyway, that's uh, that's that's all the questions. Thank you for that question, Jessica. We're running a little long, so we will wrap this up here. Let's move on to our ranking section. Let's so, do that. Um, yeah, for new listeners, each week we rank the games that we have just played. Uh, we currently have 51 games on this goddamn list. It keeps on going, and so we're bringing this up to 54 with these three. Yeah, I'm having to write this stuff down. I I'll, keep forgetting. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the pressure. I'll start all off right. this time. Cool. Um, so Ridge Racer obviously is far and a, far and away the best yeah. game we played today. Uh, so I'm putting that at number 19. Okay. Which means it's uh, right below right uh, right above Fighters Destiny and right below Mortal Kombat 4, which I feel like is a good comfortable place for it. it yep. Yeah. Uh, MRC Monkey Rampage colon is number thirty seven, uh, which puts it uh, just below Extreme G two, which was a big step down from the still delightful Extreme G one, which I think mm-hmm. is still the highest ranked racing game on our list. Yeah, uh, we haven't played a ton of them, but yeah, yeah, but that's still the highest ranked. And then Penny Racers is number 49. It's bottom tier. It's just above Super Bowling. So I think it's like fourth from the bottom for Nice. Me. Yeah, that's that's going way down there. Well, guess Screw what, that Steve? Uh-oh. That's exactly where I put Penny Racers, too. Hey, Number 48, club. right above Super Bowling. There you go. Uh, all right, yeah, all right. it was a boring piece of garbage. Man, terrible game. Um, terrible game. Until the next time you have to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and then I agree. Uh, Ridge Racer was definitely the most fun one we played. Um, again, I still don't like this genre of game very much, so no, I still found no. it pretty boring, um, even if it was a good example of it. So I'm yeah. going to put it at number 29 under Space Invaders. Okay. Um, and then uh, Murdering Royal Cola. Uh, <laughs> I'm really reaching here. Um, <laughs> is going under Mortal Kombat Mythologies Sub-Zero. Um, that's like just below the playable yeah exactly yeah, yeah. It's, I, I i enjoy thinking about mortal Kombat, uh so i enjoyed mythologies even though it was crappy whereas yeah. this game i'm happy to never play again fair enough uh one last thing i want to shout out to i just got an email today uh from a listener named thomas who uh offered up his time and made a high-res version of our logo to be using Ooh. to use uh for iTunes and everything like that, Thanks, uh, Thomas. which is really nice of you, and I appreciate it. I, I designed the logo, you know, and I'm I'm proud of what I came up with, but I am not a graphic designer, so I don't know how to make things high res or high def or anything like that. So I really appreciate the help with that, Thomas. That's really awesome of you to do that. So thank you so much for that. That has been the show for today. If you would let us know what you thought of this format, because uh, if we've still got a lot of racing games to get through, and I feel like we need something else to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and if you enjoyed us talking about other things besides just 64 video games, yeah, um, yeah write in random questions. Toss like it that. out at us. Yeah, we want to hear it. Uh, email us, ultra64podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, send us an email. We'll bank those until the next one comes up. Tell us uh, your opinion on Robert Falcon Scott. I want to hear it. Yeah. I want to hear it. Is he a real terror to work with? I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, next week we got a big one. So if you if you made it through this week, uh, we're we're gonna reward Here, you. Let me, I'm gonna give you a hint of All what right. it is. Fox, get this guy off me! That's right. We are playing Back to the Future because that's a Michael J. Fox reference. <laughs> no, that was no. a Slippy Toad reference. Oh, that because we're playing toad. we're playing Star, Star Fox sixty four. Hey, that worked out well. We didn't even plan that. Uh, yeah, man, we're we're talking about. That's that's one of the best-selling games on the system. Uh, I think a fair chance that a lot of you out there have played that. But guess what? I never have. Whoa. So this is going to be a new experience for me. So uh, everybody tune in for that one. We will see you next week. What's a keep, good... Keep, keep drifting around corners. Keep, keep drifting through them loops. 
Vroom, vroom. Hills and valleys, people. Hills and valleys. Ridge racer. I don't know. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)